What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Get After It podcast. Oh, I'm pumped for this one. So, yo, uh, we do a little bit of a brief intro when we bring her on, um, but my guest today is Shika Singh, and uh, Shika is honestly really freaking cool, and I want to give her a platform here because um, I just believe in what she's doing. Uh, she just published her book, The IT Girl. Uh, or the It Girl, uh, and it's focused really on empowering women in tech, getting women into more uh, typically male-dominated industries that, frankly, women may be better suited at fulfillment and pursuing. And uh, we we had a we had a really cool uh, intro conversation, and then we actually recorded this podcast last year. Uh, we're just now getting around to publishing it, and I wanted to get this out here for her because she just published her book uh, recently. And uh, at the time, she hadn't published yet uh, at the recording of this podcast, but it's now published. It became an Amazon bestseller, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's, 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 this, is a fun, this is a fun interview. So I think this is really going to be empowering for women who are looking to penetrate a space that's usually male-dominated. Uh, she's got a lot of stuff in here, too, that is just going to be good for everybody. But this is a bit of a platform specifically for that purpose. I'm excited to bring her in. So without further ado, let's cue the intro and let's roll with Shika. Let's go. This is the Get After It Podcast, where young professionals, entrepreneurs, and action takers learn what it takes to be a high performer. This is more than a podcast. It's a movement. Now, let's get after it with your host, Aaron Griffin. All righty. Welcome into another episode of the Get After It Podcast. I am stoked um, as I always am for some of these interviews, really all of these interviews, but I'm really excited to be sharing this with you all today because it has a, it has a, a meaningful purpose around it. First of all, I think there's two things that I should hit on. I think this is going to be an interview where our audience is going to be able to get so much from. And on the flip side, there's a specific segment of the audience I think this could be life-changing for, which is why I wanted to bring on uh, Shika Sink. And, and, and Shika is really joining us today this is interesting because we're, we're at a really cool time for her and what she's building or where she's doing. As you all know, as listeners of the podcast, we've had a lot of authors on. Um, we've had a lot of uh, uh, people who run blogs, people who have authority in their space. And we, we, I really love exploring those niches because they're niches. People have different ideals, different aspects of what they want to do, where they're going in their life and what they can do. So with that being said, Shika is I think especially unique because she's authoring her first book right now, which frankly doesn't even have a title yet. It's the it girl is what we're going with. And the it is going to stand for it. And her focus is really on, she has an incredible story. So I don't want to really go into all of it. We're going to have her, we're going to bring her in a moment to talk about it, but her mission is to really empower women to actually pursue engineering and tech technological opportunities in the workforce. And she comes from India where India is like literally, you know, half of the engineers and the IT professional are women. And in the United States, it is less than probably like five to 10% are actually women in these jobs. When just in my experience, I actually think women are probably going to be better in this job. So she wants to be at the forefront of changing this because I think it is going to be changed. I, I have a hard time believing this is going to stay a male dominated space, especially where just everything is going from a technological standpoint to working from home, lowering barriers of entry. 
Um, Shiga has an email list, which she's going to talk about, where she sends out awesome, fantastic material. She also has a blog. And again, her focus is on how do we empower women to have the information they need to be able to crush it and actually pursue a career in IT and, tech and technology. We're excited for her because within about a month or two after this podcast, we should be looking at, she should be forming her launch team. Her book will be launching. This is Chica. This is one of the, this is literally one of the longest introductions I've done, but it's so cool because you are in, again, that project uh, uh, stage where you're really building everything out, almost like I am in the sense where with my book, we're, we're on similar tracks there. So let's go ahead and bring you in. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really, I'm stoked to have you here on the Get After It podcast. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much for the lovely introduction. Thanks. So, so let's, let's jam about that introduction a little bit, if you could give us the Reader's Digest version of, we had a chance to catch up a couple of weeks ago on the phone and you gave me a little bit of your background. Take me back to before you got to the United States, give us your background coming in for coming, uh, growing up in, in, uh, in India, whereabouts are you from there? Give a, uh, give our listeners a little bit of your backstory, if you wouldn't mind. Sure, sure. Definitely. So my name is Shekha Singh and the and I am a QA engineer, and that QA stands for Quality Assurance Engineer. I know you asked me that question, Aaron, so I'm just uh, making it precise and clear. Okay, so my history and my background, I was born and brought up in India in a southern state um, called Telangana, and it's a city, Hyderabad. I was born in Hyderabad. So my uh, childhood was amazing. Even though I came from a middle-class family, I never had any issues or any concerns whatsoever growing up. I was fine with the way everything was going on. But when I had the opportunity to go or choose the field that I wanted to be in, my mom, she stepped up and she said, hey, I know you love science, so before, before we get into that, the thing with Indians is that we only have two options. You either get to be a doctor or an engineer. And that's the reason why you see so many people, so many Indians in these two fields. It's because those are the only two fields in India that pay you enough. And what, not to even budge in, but to budge in, what happens if it's neither of those two? Where do, what do you do? Do you end up just working some kind of service job in India? Is it just not even acceptable for middle-class Indian family? To, exactly. To not exactly. It's just not acceptable. And then you would just be the laughing stock of everything. And people would just torture you with all the comments. And it's just awful. And that's the thing. It's like people live for the society. What would the others say if you don't get into science or engineering? And that's the thing that eats everyone up in India. So anyways, back to that. Um, I finished my schooling and then I was ready um, to select the field. And then I loved biology. And so I go to my mom and I say, hey, mom, I think I want to be a doctor. And she comes to me and she says very sweetly, she's like, I know you love science and you, I know you love reading about the human body and everything, but we cannot afford it. I'm so sorry, but I cannot afford your fees for the medical college. And so she says, engineering has a good return on investment. I kid you not, that's what she said. And she said, um, it pays you well. And once you're done with the four years of engineering, you would land a job in a 
in an awesome organization and they would pay you um, well and you'd be settled. And I'm like, okay, fine. And my mom was a single parent because my dad passed away when my sister and I were very young. We were like, she, my sister was three and I was five. Um, so that happened. And so I understood, I understood that she couldn't, it, it was not possible financially. So I went with the flow and I kind of felt like I was forced into joining tech. So I always had that back of my mind that, okay, I really wanted to become a doctor, but I couldn't do that because of money. Then one day I woke up and I told my mom, I love writing and I love everything about reading and everything that there's about journalism. So I think I want to be a journalist. And she said, absolutely no. She's like, you're not allowed to even think about that. And I said, why? She said, no, because you would not earn enough and you wouldn't have enough to survive in the society. And she's like, what am I going to tell the others? Like, what's your daughter? Oh, she's a journalist. Okay. <laughs> and so I was, I was shocked and I was so, and my mom knew. I used to write a lot of articles for my school magazine and I used to speak at a lot of um, competitions and everything. And so she knew that I was good at that. She never stopped me from doing anything, but um, she did encourage that as a career. So again, I was disappointed. But then I went with the flow. So four years into it, I realized it was um, it was not that overrated. I mean, I, I think it was overrated because I felt like any other girl on this planet, I felt that computers, anything related to computers was just for guys. It's just that thing. And this is what, seven years back, 2009, I joined the engineering college and what I saw there was really astonishing and surprising because it was different. It was easy. Everything that I thought about computers and engineering was wrong. And um, I didn't give it a lot of thought back then. I just went with the flow, enjoyed the four years of college, passed out. I was the first in my university in the computer science department and it was fun. And then I was recruited. I was one of the first ones to get recruited by a company um, on the, by the on-campus placements. And so I waited for five months. And finally, uh, apparently I was supposed to be the only student who had um, a, well, a, a great offer in hand. And by offer, I mean a good salary and a good package. And so I was excited. And my mom was like, see, I told you, I told you it'd be worth it. It'd be, it'd be awesome. And I'm like, fine, whatever. Um, so it was fine. Um, uh, I got a job, but I didn't pursue that particular offer because of some reason. Um, it, and the reason was that I, I knew that I had to do something different. I knew that I, I cannot be just tied down uh, by that life that my mom wanted me to have. I mean, it was not wrong though. It was not wrong, but it just wasn't for me. So I, so I decided and I told her, I think I might go, I might want to get a master's degree in the USA. And she goes, again, she said, I love the idea. I'm sure you'll do great, but we cannot afford that right now. So I said, fine, whatever. And then I moved on. Um, and I was at this place where I was working um, 
and suddenly my mom got a promotion and she was super happy about it and she got a good raise and she she calls me up that day and she says hey um i got a raise i have a good job i think i can afford your fees now uh, so that's the thing in india you don't pay your own tuition your parents do that for you so we are spoon fed all our lives so i was like okay fine that's great and she goes and she goes you have to start giving your um entrance exams and um prepare for your gre and ielts and everything i said great i'll do that and i did that i applied for many universities and finally uh i selected the university of nebraska omaha because i got a scholarship that was when i realized the entire picture that people in the us have so many opportunities and so many chances to decide their future and their career but women have this stigma or i mean i mean not just women but i think it's the society overall that they think tech and anything related to engineering is just for guys and i wanted to change that i did not like that and so i had when when i got a full time job in omaha i saw the difference of guys versus girls um even freshers who would just pass who who just finished graduation and would join even for an internship and the applications we would have eight guys for the same position and just two applications from girls and that was shocking to me and i'm like i am here i am doing this and i'm sure anybody if if anyone else from india from my class had this opportunity they would also have done the same job and why is it so different here i mean why can't people take the advantage of uh, the opportunities that are here in the united states um, and abroad for that matter and that just i i think that was the inspiration or that was the turning point for me and i asked a few of my colleagues and i went hey why is it that there are so many um girls out there but then why is it that so less number of women pick up computer science as their major and my friends go you have no idea what we are taught in schools and i'm like i don't what is it and she says see that's the thing it's that we are taught from the early stages that computers is if you are like if you think about computer science as your major then it means that you'd be mocked as or you'd be called uh, or bullied by people calling i mean people might call you a nerd or a geek and that's in a bad way it's it's not good for a girl and so half of them even if they they are capable to pick up computer science engineering as a major they don't go for it because they think it's difficult and they think it's tough and i was like okay we need to change that this is not good and so i did my research i did my research and then i found out the numbers which were horrible those numbers were sh- so shocking um especially in the united states i was just shocked i am like if women in the third world countries can uh get a computer science degree make a career out of it and earn well why can't the same thing happen here when there are so many more opportunities and choices to make and so that's how i came up with the topic for my book
I know I speak a lot, Aaron. <laughs> Sorry. That was great. No, no, no. It was it was a great. Uh, I I thought it was a great overview of it in terms of understanding your background and coming into this because I think about um, even just growing up in secondary school in the United States. It's like I mean that was only I I, I got out of high school in 2015 and and the early 2010s. I mean. I, I mean, we're talking so behind the game in terms, I, I almost think it'd probably be hard to judge my education by the lack of technology integration, but also just the fact that like, like typing wasn't even an essential class. I mean, I remember skipping that one and I've, I've paid the consequences ever since, right? Like, like, so there's so many things where we were just not preparing people for the explosion of tech, which has really, I feel like came on the pace, obviously because of COVID, but really since about 2015, 2016, we've seen social media explode. We've seen technology explode in that sense. Has there been any movement on women going into tech in the last few years at all? Is it upticking at, e at least at all? Or is it still entirely just male dominated through and, and throughout? So the answer, the short answer to it is yes, but not enough. So as of 2017, there are only 11% of engineers in the United States. That's it. Only 11% of the engineers in the US are women. And the saddest part of it is only 20% of the undergraduate degrees in tech and engineering are given to women. So even out of those 20, they're just 11. And so that's where my mind went like, okay, What's, what about the remaining um, women? Like what's happening to them? Okay, they have a degree, but why are they not working or sustaining in this field? And so I sent out a survey to, to all the women in tech that I knew and I put it up on my Instagram and my blog and my friends shared it. And I think I got a lot of responses. And one question in that survey was, why do you think there aren't enough women in tech? And the common answer that I found after reading or going through those responses was that everybody thinks it, it is a male dominated society and there isn't enough awareness about tech. Girls in high school or middle school have no idea what tech is or they have no clue that they are, because everybody, as soon as you say that you are in the tech field or you are in IT, the first picture that comes to your mind is sitting in front of the computer and just coding. You are just working on some programming language and on some software application, but that's so wrong. That is just a part of it. There is so much more other than just programming. And that is what, that is my main intention behind the book. It's like, I want to generate that awareness, enough awareness among these young women out there that Computers is A, not boring, B, not difficult, and C, it has so much more than just coding. There are a ton of jobs that do not involve any kind of coding or programming languages. And that's not the only thing that there is. There's so many different branches in tech and in IT that people have no idea about. I mean, that's so that's what I say that my mom, whatever she did, she did it because she had no awareness. It was just the thing to do or because everyone else was doing it. She asked me to join engineering. But now I feel that 
I have this responsibility where I don't want anyone else to go through what I went through. I mean, she, my mom might have forced me into it, but I'm glad that she did because I have a stable career. I have growth. I have so many good things happening right now. And I even have that opportunity to cater to my hobbies and my passion and make time for it because I'm satisfied with my job. My, and I want every girl to get that. I don't want them to um, go around waiting for eight years or seven years like I did to find the right job because I believe that irrespective of what you're good at, there is a job in the tech world or the IT world that will definitely need your skill and your talent that you're good at. For example, writing, or I'll take the simple example of painting or drawing. If you're really good at drawing or painting, I know you might never think of IT as your career option, but what if I tell you that, hey, you're good at, you're good at drawing, you're good at painting, and just get into, just get a degree in computers and you would have an awesome career. It would pay you well, you would be stable, and the fun fact is you will actually love your job. You would marry your passion and your uh, whatever you're good at with your profession. And that's, that is the thing that's missing. People have no idea about it. So graphic designing and user experience and user interface designing is one such job that needs people who are amazing at designing and drawing and painting because they have that, when you open an app, when you use any app on your mobile phone, the first thing that decides the fate of that app is how easy it is to use, right? If Instagram changes their icons or rearranges their icons, the whole world goes crazy. But then you get used to it. And that, that thing is user design and user experience. There's a team of people studying everything about how people like, I mean, what, what would people love or what would this icon do if it was here or the size of it or everything? Right now, nobody needs anything complex. Everybody wants simplicity in their life. And that's user designing. The colors, the everything, the design of the app, that's where you would come in and your skill of painting designing would come into picture. And that is the kind of awareness that I want to generate is that there are so many different fields and branches that require different skill sets. It does not have to be the geeky, nerdy programming skill that people think is needed. I, I love all this because I'm also thinking back to um, we've been I've been we've been having fun at just the fact that like you and I have different brains. I guess this is most of, this is more so me than you, but like just in general, I see this all the time with uh, somebody with an engineering background versus a. I mean, for me, obviously marketing sales, I don't even know what you would define my background is, but like communications, whatever it is, we see things totally differently. But one thing I think we can totally agree on is that everybody has too much crap going on in their lives. There's too many, you, you mentioned here in the United States, okay, I'm saying crap. Now I'm transitioning to the United States. Opportunities are everywhere. And the struggle is not, it's not really finding something. It's actually really finding clarity, right? It's really defining that, that one thing that somebody should pursue. So 
let's say someone listening to this, because there's no way this trend is not going to continue to pick up. I think women are, it doesn't make any sense to me that women are not getting more and more involved in this, but I also think it's just an education thing as well, in the sense that as education catches up to this and starts rapidly transmitting people into the skill set, because I still, I can't think of that many people that I even went to school with that were studying technology. Granted, I didn't go to a technology school, but every school should be doing technology, right? So before I get into a couple other questions I have, was there a particular moment that inspired you to want to write this book where you're really focused on how do you empower somebody with the decisions and, and, the, and the confidence to be able to do, uh, pursue a career in tech? Was there a, was there, what was the moment? What, what made you, what empowered you to write a book? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I was, I was working as usual and, um, I had this opportunity to apply for a permanent residency in Canada. And I was on my H-1B in the United States. So that was a work visa. So I did that. And that's based on your, um, I wouldn't say merit, but then it's based on your qualifications, the, the application for permanent residency. So I got that and I moved to Canada. And that was when I thought that my hands were tied in the United States because with H-1B, you cannot pursue other careers other than your nine to five job. That's the rule. That's the, that's like, you cannot go against that. So I was like, okay, I am in Canada now. There's nothing tying back. Why am I not helping others get the advantages of, so, so what happened was I spoke with my office um, uh, management and they were ready to um, put me on the Canadian payroll here so that I can work from home from Canada. I would have the same job, the same salary, everything would be same, but the only difference is I would be paid in Canadian dollars and I wouldn't have to start from scratch again or search for a job here in Canada. And I just thought that I was so lucky because not everyone gets that chance. And so my husband is not from the tech field. He, he, he has a psychology degree. And so he had to quit his job when we moved here. And the, the process of finding a job is really weird, especially if you're not from the idea of the tech field. And I have no idea about it, but I just realized, I mean, that was the point where I'm like, I am actually lucky if this would have been a job where I couldn't work remotely, then there was no way that I would ever be, I mean, yes, it was, I could, I can find a job here in Canada, but then it wouldn't have been so easy. The transition would not have been so easy. And then I thought, I mean, it was just a light bulb revelation or a light bulb moment kind of thing where I'm like, why am I not sharing this with the others? Because if, this was possible because I was in the tech field and I want others to know too. I want the other women, young women and everyone out there to know that, hey, get into this field. This is the future. You can get an amazing job, an amazing career, get settled financially and have job satisfaction too if you are in this field and also love your job. You don't have to do it just for the sake of paying your bills or being able to afford your expenses. But I just thought that 
people don't know the advantages of being in this field or this sector because there's so many opportunities, there's growth, there's stability, there's financial benefits to it. So that was the moment where I felt it shouldn't just be me. I'm, I shouldn't be selfish. I should let others know too. And then when I thought about it, that conversation with my colleagues back in Omaha, that was, I mean, that was in the back of my mind somewhere. I'm like, why isn't anybody doing anything to change this? And so when I went on Instagram, I searched for the hashtag women in technology. And the thing that I found out there was, uh, I mean, it was, it was okay, but it was not great. What The thing that I noticed was that in that hashtag, when you click on that hashtag um, or women who code hashtag, you see pictures of young girls in front of their screens with um, some any, any kind of programming language that they're working on and their picture. And I'm like, okay, the guys don't do this. Guys in tech don't do this. Like they do not have a special hashtag where they go men in tech. They're not special conferences for men in this field. And I was like, why, why can't it be the same for women? I want that. I mean, why can't I make this my goal? I'm like, I don't want that discrimination or that difference when it comes to technology where people are like, yeah, um, they, we have to have special um, events or special conferences for women because of the less number. And I'm like, okay, that is... That's when I thought I needed to change it because I'm already in the system and I know how everything works. And I wanted others to get the benefits of this sector or of this field that this field has to offer. And when I knew that the main reason behind everything is lack of awareness, I thought, what better than a book? There's nothing better than a book to get that awareness to young women out there. So that's the moment when I decided I have to write a book about this. For me, and I love all of this, and I really appreciate your time on this and volunteering some of your time for the podcast and the audience. I'm sure they do as well. Um, for me, I think about it too, like in the process of writing a book was how much it forced me to get my ideals really straight and narrow. Like I, I mentioned to you before, I've been working on this for a couple of years and it's like, I now have a manuscript that's been pretty much in place the last six months. But prior to that, I wrote so much that just got trashed by my own, you know, oh, it's not good enough, whatever the case is. What was the biggest thing you learned in pulling together the book? And if you could maybe expand a little bit on what you write about in your, to your email list, what do you write about in your blog? Um, cause now you're, you're like, you, you do a lot of writing, you know, you, you're providing a lot of insights. So, so what was the biggest thing you learned with the book and tell us a little bit more about what you write about both on the blog and, and if they, if, uh, if somebody wanted to join their email, your email list. Yeah, sure. So the thing with writing or what I learned the most, um, when I was doing my research for the book is that it's sad that so many women think that this is still a male dominated sector and but what i felt bad about was that everyone knows that but nobody is doing anything to change that that was one thing that i learned and the other thing that i learned um, from the research was that the number of women who get a computer science degree or an engineering degree or any stem job for that matter do not 
continue or do not pursue a job in that field because of their responsibility towards the family. And that was a huge eye opener for me because I got the same responses from women in the third world countries as well as US, UK and Europe. And I'm like, okay, then there's something wrong with it. Why, why is that? And this has all, I mean, I'm not saying that I write about women empowerment, but it's just that lack of awareness. And that is what I think I love doing. I love debunking all kinds of myths that are there. So that's what I write about in my blog too. Uh, my email list is all about exciting updates in my life that's going on. Like you would feel the main goal of my email list is that you would feel like I'm right there in front of you in your living room talking to you as a friend. I, I love being real. I feel like everybody has this fake facade in front of them. And in this, like in 2020, it's so important to be yourself and to be real. We have enough of bad shit that's going on in the world, but it's like there's so less people who truly understand who actually address the vulnerable things or even if it's just basic, be it mental health issues or even things that go on in your house that nobody talks about. I love doing that. I love to be real. And that's what my email list is all about. So um, my Instagram, my email list and my blog, uh, I, I gave you an example and I'll give that before. Like I said, I love debunking myths. So that's what I do in my blog. I had, when I came to the US, um, I have like three tattoos and once on my arm. And when I came to the US in 2014, um, and when I got a job, everybody asked me about my tattoo, like it was a big deal. And then people came up to me and they're like, oh, we thought this was not a thing in India. And I was shocked. I had so many friends who had tattoos. My mom has seven tattoos and my sister has a tattoo. So I'm like, my entire family has tattoos and everyone else, I mean, maximum of the people in cities in India do have tattoos and it's not a big deal. It's been going on from a very long time. And so I wrote a blog about that. And I, I used to love, I mean, I still love writing and that's what I do. It's like, I have all the real, I mean, real stuff out there on my blog of what I think really matters for this generation and the future generations. And I just love being real. You can go to my Instagram and uh, there's a link in my bio where you can subscribe to my email list. So you and what, get, is your, and what is your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is shikasing underscore writer. That's my Instagram handle. And my website, my blog is also shikasing.com. It's S-H-E-E-K-H-A-S-I-N-G-H.com. I'm going to make a note of that to make sure that we get it in the show notes here. But um, in terms of, uh, again, you've been really generous through time. I want to, I want to hit you with a couple last questions here. You already hit on one of these with, um, well, you hit on a little bit of it. Can you go through, we talked about kind of the three and forgive my memory on this. Was it the steps that someone should consider the three ways people, you talk about getting lit in tech. Can you give us a little bit of a deep dive on your book and like the, 
like you, you mentioned the three ways that women can get into tech and I'm, I'm totally butchering it from memory as to what it was, but can you get, go into a little bit of that detail? Yes, definitely. So my book is about, it. it is all about why we need more women in technology, what tech is all about and what are the different domains in it. And I have a list of jobs that do not require any kind of coding and so I have this process. It's a three-step process where you, I mean, if, if you are someone who is looking to get into tech or if you have a friend, relative, or anyone who wants to get into tech and has no idea about it, then this should be your go-to. So the three steps that I have in my book are find your strength. I want you to find what you're good at. Second step would be mapping the strength to the existing jobs. And the third step is to find out, pick up five from the list of jobs. I want you to pick up five jobs or the five job descriptions that actually appealed to you. And you felt, I think I can do this. I think I, I, I would love to do this. And I want you to work towards it. And you would definitely find a way, you, your relative, your friend, your sister, whoever it is, would definitely get at least, would have an idea about, okay, this is what it is all about. It's not just geeky stuff. It's, there's so much of interesting stuff in this. So those are the three steps on how to find a career in technology and especially in the software field. Um, so the list of job descriptions that I have, there are about 31 job descriptions that I have that do not involve programming or any sort of coding in it. And I go on to give the average, the average salary based on the United States labor statistics um, data for 2017 and 2019. So you have a list of all the job descriptions and you have the average salary. And then I also go on to describe the skill set of what's needed. So like I gave the example of design, the app design. So the skill set with that for that would be drawing, painting, and designing. Uh, add that with a computer science degree and you have a you have a high paying job in the coolest industry that I feel exists right now. So your passion is like bleeding through, which I love. Thanks. And I cut you off there. Do you want to finish? Yeah, and then yeah, and the and I also have this this thing where it's not just for people who are looking to get into technology or who are looking for career options, but it is also for women who are already a part of it and are looking to change or decide a different path for their career in the IT field. So it's it, there's something in it for everyone. I want to I want to close things out here just so we can stick to time um, with just one last question for you. Um, I guess it's going to be one and a half because I do have one after. But last big question to you: What's next for for you and where you're going with this? Because I love the mission and where you're headed and what you want to do. How are you going to further along this? Because uh, I know it's a huge passion of yours, and I think it's going to impact a lot of people. So. I'm curious just a little bit more about your plans, where you're headed uh, once you get yourself through this book launch, which I'm so excited about. And I really hope the audience has a chance to support. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you're headed and where you see your impact being most suited. Where do you think you can push yourself the most? Yep. So I do, 
I have plans of starting my coaching gig after the launch of this book, where I know that just one book is not enough. You need to talk to someone to figure out. So I would start my coaching gig after this launch of the book, where I can go ahead and talk to people, their parents, their guardian, whoever it is, or the actual students um, who have no idea or who want to know which career would be good for them. And I also want to start this huge movement where I go on, visit schools, universities, and tell them that, hey, you need to stop telling people that this is all geeky stuff. It's not just that. There's so much, there are so many more opportunities and jobs in the IT other than just a developer or a, a software engineer. That's what I want to do. And I also have plans of starting my podcast next year real soon. Could be Jan with a bang. So very excited about everything that that's been laid out for the near future. Make sure to keep us in, 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 uh, in thought and come back to our audience and, and update us with what you're doing. So excited for it. My last like half question for you is real quickly again for everybody, how can they get a hold of you? Where can they find you? How can they uh, join your email list? And then what are you looking at realistically? Maybe start with this one. Just what, what are we thinking for the, for the book launch? Is it probably going to be in the new year? Most likely January? Yes, um, I'm looking at Jan's second week for the launch of the book. And I would love it if you guys would want to be a part of my launch team for the book. Just hop on to my Instagram, Facebook, or my blog, and you would get all the resources right there to subscribe to my email list. Again, my Instagram handle is S-H-E-E-K-H-A-S-I-N-G-H underscore writer. You will find all my updates, everything about all the goofy stuff too, right in there and everything's 100% real. So that's how you can get a hold of me and be in the loop for everything that's going on in my life. So you guys love your energy, your drive. Um, I'm just excited for where this is headed. So awesome. Thank you so much for volunteering your time. Make sure you come back and share with us the updates as everything gets launched here. Huge next few months for you. So excited to follow your journey. Absolutely. Definitely. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Thank you so much. Yo, yo, you made it to the end of the podcast. Congratulations. I really hope this was, um, I hope this was a fun one for you. We love uh, these interviews. So if this was something that was profound, it hit you hard. Share this with a friend. We don't monetize the podcast in any way, shape, or form. This is uh, strictly for personal development and growth. And frankly, it's a passion project of my own. So um, I really appreciate you all for not only taking the time to to listen, but uh, in helping build this show. Uh, if it impacted you, the best way that you can help us and you can expand the Get After message is to share this with someone who needs it, uh, to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, um, and to just, again, like share the word, like share this with your friends, share this with people who uh, could be impacted by this and special, special thanks to our guests today. And with all that being said, I really hope this episode and the daily ones as well are helping you get after it in your life, work, business, whatever it is that you're rolling with. Let's roll. Let's get after it. Make it a great one. Talk soon.